Hey, doll. Hey, doll. I'm your host, Paula. And I am your host, Cynthia. And we are Dolls Dolls and and Doom. Have I got a crazy story for you. So, Cynthia, what do you think of when you hear the words theme park? Or if someone says, hey, let's go to a theme park. Being from Orlando, I think of, you know, Universal, Disney, all those places. Right. And wouldn't you say that that's going to be a day of fun? Oh, for sure. Well, the story I have today is anything but fun. This is a tragic story of the haunted castle in Six Flags Great Adventure. Oh my goodness, I'm already excited. (laughs) Okay, tell me. So in 1978, Six Flags in New Jersey added a haunted house to boost attendance. In 1982, a bigger and more permanent structure was built. It included your typical scares, such as strobe effects and creepy music, props like spider webs and skulls and skeletons, and of course there were actors dressed as mummies, witches, and vampires, and other monsters that would jump out at you. The outside had a facade to make it look like you were entering an old medieval castle, which even had you walk across a drawbridge. Great Adventure didn't expect the haunted attraction to be so popular. It was only meant to be seasonal. However, the haunted castle became the park's largest single attraction and therefore became one of the permanent attractions. That sounds fun. Okay, side note. Yeah. Even though Paula and I both adore Halloween, it's our favorite and we love all things spooky and scary. Totally. Paula and I both are absolutely terrified of haunted houses. Yes, that is 100% true. Oddly (laughs) enough. (laughs) Like, it would take a lot for us to even go into one. Oh, yeah. Totally. (laughs) You know what we should do? We should watch the Ellen show. Have you ever seen where she sends, like, she's got a couple scaredy cat staff members? We should do that. We should record ourselves going through a haunted house this coming Halloween. Okay, let's do it. And post it for our for our listeners. Yeah, to laugh at. All right. Okay, it's a plan. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, continue. All right. So the layout was made up of 17 connected aluminum trailers linked by partitions made of plywood, and the interior and ceilings and support beams were made of wood. The walls were made of foam, rubber, and various fabrics. In the center was another trailer that was a changing room for the actors and control room for the lights and sound effects. It sounds like kind of a large little maze or, or yeah. 17 trailers. That yeah. sounds pretty big. Yeah, it was pretty big. Even though it was one of the permanent attractions, it wasn't without its problems. The hallway with the strobe effects had disoriented people so much they were crashing into walls. So in order to lessen injury, they put it in a wall made of polyurethane, which would end up being a disastrous mistake. <laughs> polyurethane like the plastic wrap kind of thing so people are suffocating well no it was like in order to cushion the wall so if you did crash into it okay it was was more soft soft wall okay right i was thinking polyurethane was like rental like that plastic wrap oh no this is more of a cushiony foam type okay okay so there were only two emergency exit doors and employees even had a hard time finding them and complained that there needed to be more and they needed to be easier to get to One of the exits was said to be where kids would sneak out and smoke pot. (laughs) 
So one manager, in an effort to prevent that, often chained the exit door closed. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah, not safe. No, not at, at all. all. What what year was this? Uh, 1980. Let me go back. So not that long ago. No. But yet still long enough. We, we're kids of the 80s. So yeah. long enough that we weren't very safe back then. Right. Okay. So this is 1982. Okay. So the Haunted Castle actually had an annual inspection, and despite the hazards like the non-working exits and lack of fire protection, they passed even though they were in violation of dozens of state codes. Sprinklers were considered to be too expensive, and fire alarms were vandalized, so they were never replaced. Now, normally plans for this type of building would go before a planning committee, but as it was made up of trailers and didn't have a permanent foundation, it didn't meet the normal requirements, and therefore a building permit was never issued. Okay. Back in the 80s, parents felt safe dropping their kids off at a theme park for the day. Several schools would take a class trip to the park, and Franklin K. Lane High School was one of them, bringing 1,000 students. Whoa. Yeah. It's a big field trip. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And other small schools included Victory Christian and Bishop Middle School. 15,000 kids would be in the park that day. A sign written in flowers saying, we care about you, hung by the main ticket booth. So what could go wrong? Not much, I'm sure. Right. 15,000 kids running loose. Yeah. <laughs> that alone is a recipe for disaster. With polyurethane walls. Yeah. Have fun, kids. And no exit doors. Right. On May 1984, a 13-year-old boy was in line for the Haunted Castle. He was clearly nervous, and another boy, just a year older, befriended him, and they went into the castle together. The 14-year-old pulled out his lighter, perhaps in an effort to light the way for the scared boy. Oh, no. He bumped into a wall, and since it was made of polyurethane, it went up in flames <gasps> instantly. Oh, my gosh. The boys tried to put it out with their hands, but it was already out of control. So they ran out yelling fire. Now, the entire structure was made of tar paper, plywood, and polyurethane. Yep. The materials inside were fabric and foam rubber, so it didn't take long for the flames to turn into a full-blown fire. A band called The Golden Earring was performing in the park, and the lead singer even stopped mid-song to comment on the black smoke rising in the distance. Oh, my goodness. I'm, like, freaking out inside because... Oh, my goodness. The screams of fire were thought by many to be part of the attraction. The creepy organ music still played, and reports of smoke were so common that they didn't call the local fire department, but instead contacted the park's small fire brigade. However, they didn't have any water pressure and had to wait for water. Firefighters from 15 volunteer fire squads came to put out the fire. It started at 6.45 and took 70 minutes to put it out. Employees had helped to escort guests out through the entrance of the house. 29 people were in the house. 14 people escaped the fire, four of which were employees. Seven were treated for smoke inhalation. Some of the teens who remained standing got disoriented and trampled those that went down to their hands and knees. Oh my goodness. Firefighters did a walkthrough inspecting the remains of the structure. They found what they initially thought to be mannequins, but as we true crime lovers know, it's never a mannequin. <laughs> it's never a mannequin. No. 
So upon further inspection, they discovered the horrible fact that they were looking at the charred remains of eight teenagers. Oh my gosh. They were found at the end of a hallway in front of a chain locked door, <gasps> which wasn't even an exit, just a closet. They were found with their faces up against the air conditioning vent, probably trying to get air. The way that they were positioned, it was obvious that they were trying to crawl out on their hands and knees. One girl had gone in with these teenagers, had actually made it out of the house. A park employee found her lying unconscious and carried her to safety. In order to tell the bodies apart from the actual mannequins, the teens were put into white body bags. On September 14, 1984, Great Adventure and Six Flags were both charged with aggravated manslaughter for reckless conduct for repeatedly ignoring the safety warnings. Great Adventure and Six Flags were indicted, as were two park executives and the general manager at that time of the fire. Prosecution argued that the park had plenty of warnings to install smoke alarms and sprinklers. In fact, five fire prevention consultants testified that they all advised the park to install smoke alarms and sprinklers. Wow. The defense claimed that with arson, no amount of safety precaution could have prevented the loss of lives that day. They had a forensic pathologist take the stand and he testified that, quote, high level of benzene in the victim's blood could indicate some sinister reason for the fire. The 14-year-old with the lighter was identified merely as J.F. and was supposedly sent to a school for mentally disturbed behavior, where he had started a fire causing $200,000 worth of damage. Wait, he started another fire? Previously at the school. Oh, so he, it, it, this wasn't just an accident. This was a boy who liked causing destruction via fire. Well, it's unclear because when he was questioned, he said he didn't start the fire in the haunted castle on purpose and he was never further pursued. But he did start the second fire at the school? Yes. <laughs> so he liked playing with fire. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, once, okay, I can see an accident, but then after causing a fire that kills eight people at a theme park then you cause another fire at your mental institution no switch those so the one at the school was first causing the two hundred thousand oh. dollars that was first and then he goes into the haunted castle okay and kills eight people right okay i i think he's messed up i don't actually think he was trying to kill people though no probably not but i think he I mean, I don't know. If I, ex I would just be really careful with fire. Oh, absolutely. After burning down my school. <laughs> right. Probably shouldn't have a lighter on him in the first place. Right. In a small enclosed space in the dark. You know. Yeah. I don't know. It was the 80s. Who and knows? And then again, he was 14, so didn't really have all of his mental facilities oh. developed. Yeah. Frontal lobe hasn't fully formed. True. After an eight-week trial and 13 hours of deliberating, Six Flags Great Adventure and its parent company, Six Flags, were found not guilty. Many blame Jackson Township for allowing the state codes to be repeatedly ignored. The two park executives avoided trial by entering a pre-trial intervention program and got away with just community service. This angered the parents of the dead teenagers. Seven of the eight families settled out of court for $2.5 million. The eighth family went to trial and got $750,000.
the death toll Six Flags incurred was the highest in theme park history. The parents of the deceased teens went to the park to see where their children perished and to get answers, but the park would not let them enter unless they paid the one-day admission fee for adults. <gasps> Isn't that horrible? Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah sorry your kids died, but uh, you owe us money if you want to come in. What? Yeah, that's awful. Wow. Yeah. To this day, other than plants that were eventually removed to make room for a ride, there has never been a plaque or any kind of remembrance for the teens. In 1999, Six Flags added a new attraction for their Halloween Fright Fest called Brutal Planet. However, it was in really poor taste. It had a rolled barrel similar to the one in the actual fire near where the dead teens were found. There was also a strobe room with fake smoke and it was painted as if in flames. At the end of that hallway was a devil character. After you exit the attraction, approximately 300 feet away was a building with a virtual experience with fake smoke rising from the building. But even worse, it was called Castle Escape and the goal was to escape a burning haunted castle. Oh my goodness. I kid you not. It's like, what is the worst thing we could do? I know. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Yeah, yeah completely. Joseph Beirut Jr., Nicola Calaza, Tina Genovese, Jose Carrion, Eric Rodriguez, Lenny Ruiz, Samuel Valentin, and Christopher Harrison went into the haunted castle at Six Flags and never came out. They deserved better in life and in death. That's a terrible story. I know. It's horrible. Wow. Yeah. I've never been to a Six Flags. Have you? Yes, a long time ago. I've heard they are like really, really, um, like if you like thrill rides, that it's like one of the best parts. Yeah, that's the place to be. I used to love thrill rides when I was younger, but now um, as an adult, I think of all the things that could go wrong and I just, uh, I get, I, I don't love them as much. Same. Yeah. The older I get, the more scared I get. And I'm like you, I think of all the things that could go wrong. Right. Like my, I, hell on earth for me would to be stuck on a roller coaster upside down. Absolutely. Or on an upward incline. Yeah. I mean, I, and you hear about this being, again, being in the Orlando area, we have these theme parks around us that have these rides and it happens from time to time. I'd say once every couple of years, a group of people get stuck on a um, on a roller coaster, and it's always in a pretty precarious position, and they're generally up there for hours. That's right. Um, in these very like vertical positions, or you know, pretty like almost upside down kind of. Yeah, super uncomfortable. Yeah, for hours. So not only are you up really really high, um, you're also strapped in, and I'm claustrophobic. And then, you know, you are in this just terrifying position for an extremely long period of time. And then a lot of times they have to send like people up there to literally walk these people down. They don't ever, they don't get the ride moving again. They have to walk down the emergency staircase from these super high uh, heights and oh, just everything about it is 
terrifying. Yeah, and that's one of my biggest fears is heights. I can't imagine. And of course, I have a boyfriend that that's one of his favorite things. Of theme course. parks and roller coasters. Of, mine too. Oh. Yeah. They love it. And I, I hate that I don't like it. Because when I was a kid, a teenager, it was, oh my goodness, I would ride anything. I would do anything. I loved it. And I hate that getting older has taken that love for, you know, thrills yeah. away. Agreed. When I was in high school, I lived in Colorado and we used to go to Elish Gardens all the time. I loved going there. It was so much fun. And now I can't I can't even stomach going to a theme park. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. As an adult, um, you know, theme parks aren't what they were when I was a kid. It's so hot here in Florida. It's so hot and the parks are so crowded and so much walking and it's a lot. Yeah, it's not how I want to spend my day. No, me neither. <laughs> you know, and there's these groups of people who are like Disney fanatics and I have nothing against Disney I love I love Disney my sister and I just went to Disney not long ago fun and on occasion it's great right but there are some people some families who like they are all about Disney oh they save up all year and when they come here they go all out oh all we have friends who um come to Disney I would say once twice a year they stay at the hotels they eat at the restaurants. They buy the um, souvenirs. My goodness, it's so much money. It's ridiculous. Just for a family of four, it could be like $200. Oh, j- just to get in. Yeah. Just to get, that's just to get, and it's more than that now. Mm-hmm. It's more than that. Yeah. Um, it's like $70 a ticket. Yeah. Holy cow. And then when you're spending that much, you want to spend as much time to get your money's worth. So you are there from like the, the minute the park opens and you're walking out right when they're like, all right, get out. Fireworks are done. Leave. Yes. I mean, that's one of the great things of being a resident in Florida. You can come, go for a couple hours. I want to hit these four rides and then let's leave and go do lunch somewhere off property. For sure. That's the greatest. That's what we did when we had season passes. We would just go and hang out as long as we wanted and then leave when we got tired or hot or the park got too crowded. When my sister and I went the other day, it was perfect. It's on a um unusual it was the day before new year's eve and new year's eve is like the most busy day for theme parks in orlando of course but with covid they are only allowing a certain amount of people in you have to be really careful you have to wear your mask the whole time and um we literally got to do everything we want every ride because they don't have shows anymore sadly um we got to do every ride which park uh, Animal Kingdom. Fun. Yeah. And the longest ride line we waited on was maybe an hour and 40 minutes, which is a long line, but it was cool. And because of the way they have COVID set up, um, normally when you wait in a line, you're like, you know, back to back with people and you're just like standing still for what feels like forever. Yes. Well, now they have you spaced out six feet from the people in front of you and six feet from the people behind you so you're literally moving the whole time now the line will stretch clear across the park <laughs> for some of these you know b- bigger rides like the right. new avatar ride so and it stuff. looks intimidating but it's not as long as it looks right and because you're moving the whole time to me that's so much easier because when you stand for a while without moving that's when like your legs start to hurt and stuff but when you're just taking a nice gentle walk uh, it was great. So even though we waited for like an hour and 40 minutes, it didn't feel like it. So 
we really had a great time. That's awesome. Yeah. But I remember a few years ago going, you know, in the dead of summer with little kids. It's so, it gets so hot here. It's miserable hot. Miserable hot. And then you're waiting in line for an hour and you've got people all around. To me, that's just not my idea of fun. No, to me, that's torture, especially when there's a family right behind you and the kids are kicking you and, you know, play (laughs) fighting each other and they keep hitting you. And the parent looks at you like, I'm not doing anything. Oh, yes. Seriously. Get your animals in in check. Seriously. Yeah. Do you have any um, theme park, like horror story? Well, you worked at... uh, Disney so I'm sure you have um horror stories but do you have like any horror stories or funny stories either as a guest or as an employee that you can share um no horror stories I mean I did a couple things that I shouldn't have and maybe got in trouble but oh you know (laughs) anything you can tell us about I don't think so (laughs) (laughs) you'll have to tell me off my yes (laughs) later on I did get stuck on a roller coaster once, but it wasn't um, it wasn't like a super precarious position or anything like that. It was kind of fun, and I was with somebody um, who I had a little crush on, so it was kind of fun. And then a little bonus extra, time. yeah. <laughs> and then once I got stuck in our favorite ride, Haunted Mansion. Oh, lucky, yes, with another cutie a a hot guy I was on a date with nice and we were in that time we were probably stuck um for like 30 minutes oh wow yeah right you know and it so that was kind of fun because I was you know stuck in the dark with some some hot guy but he wasn't into me so yeah it was just his loss yeah for sure but yeah so at least I was never in a fire at a haunted house that's true it could always be worse yeah so have you ever been to Halloween Horror Nights? Not like as a as a cast member, but t- to be scared? Yes, I have. And I've been with a couple different people at different times. And I was the person holding the beer. I'm like, all right, I'll see you at the exit. I'll just hold the beer because <laughs> I don't want to throw mine away. So like that was my excuse. To not go in the houses? Yes. So do you ever go in the houses? Over the past couple of years, yes, I have. Okay. I do. When my husband and I first started dating... He now he's this big tough marine, and you know he wanted to go to Halloween Horror Nights, and I warned him that even though in my brain I know that these are not real zombies, they're not real serial killers, like I'm not really in any danger. That in the moment I do, I, I it's real to me. Like I tried telling him that, and I have a very high startle response, so I'm just. It's really scary to me, these these things. And so I told him, let's go, but let's get a large group of people together so that I can have people I know in front of me and then people I know behind me. Yeah, a buffer. Yeah, so I, I feel protected. Well, it ended up just being him and me. <laughs> and we go through this first house and... I literally, to get away from one of these scare actors, I slam my husband into a wall. And he, and it hurt, I hurt him. And he was so mad at me. <laughs> like, it's not real. What, it, like, why are you, act, it's not real. You hurt me kind of thing. And I was like, I warned you, this is real to me. So that's, um, he'll, he'll probably never take me back. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'll take you. Okay, good. <laughs> and we could just hold the beer together. There you go. <laughs> yeah, good times, good times. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. We uh, we appreciate, we got new sound system. Can you tell? Do we sound better? Yeah. So we're really excited about this. Um, we're going to have better sound quality from here on out. And that's exciting. We've got some new exciting things coming up. So if you have any cases you want us to cover or any stories you want us to tell, send us an email at dollsanddoom at gmail.com. Or you can like and follow us on Facebook, Dolls and Doom the Podcast, or on Instagram. Uh, follow us, like us, rate us on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. We're on all of them. Yep. yep Paula says thank you so much for listening we will catch you next week we put a new episode out every Friday that's right so we'll see you next time alright bye